0: I greet you in the precious name of Jesus this morning. I was moved by those songs, um, as I often am. Um, but yeah, as I thought of that desire, is that my desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord? And I think it's more than just dwelling here at church, but it's, it's that relationship with Jesus, um, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life wow and then that last song the emphasis on the holy spirit and that has to be a part of our life if we want to have any kind of spiritual growth and spiritual success must be generated by something greater than me has to come from the holy spirit well, this morning I'd like for us to look at the same subject that uh, Landis introduced. We planned this, right? No, we didn't. But I was just amazed again. at just I think because of Bible school coming, I thought the compassion that Jesus had on children was evident in uh in a number of scriptures in the in the gospels where Jesus was ministering and and the disciples for some reason said yeah and no, I no, you know get them out of here we're here to do establish the kingdom right i mean i don't know how it, I'm, I'm not sure if I remember how I felt about it. But I thought, well, why did the disciples do that? You know, it's like, but I think part of it may have been our, their culture or whatever. But Jesus then says, you know, no, wait, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In Matthew nineteen fourteen, In Mark, um, it goes on and says this, that, Jesus became indignant in the NIV, in uh, the King James, it says that he was displeased. And I think this morning in our Sunday school lesson we talked about, did Jesus ever get agitated or whatever? But I think he kind of did here, didn't he? he, he, uh, I think the, the new King James would say he was greatly displeased. And in uh, one version, uh, New Living Translation says he was angry with his disciples. And to me, that tells me something about the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, the importance of of young children, and, and he uh, and he relates to that we must become like children in order to enter into the kingdom of God. And I know there's a lot of different aspects of that. I think part of it is is the trust that children have. But I think it must grieve the heart of God tremendously when children are taken advantage of. And it seems like we live in a world where that happens a lot. And sad to say it even happens in church and uh, God forbid that it happens here um, I think that is something we need to, to pray against that God would guard us and, and I think even of, of many family relationships where children almost become a bother for what they're really wanting to do and And there may have been times in your life where you felt that way. I don't know. But it's important for us, I believe, that we place a tremendous importance on the value of young children. They do not have the capacity to think like we do. And there are, I think one of the things that happens in life is the pressures that we have i got to go to work i got to make money and and those things aren't wrong but i think there's how can we become more i would just say focused on what is important in life and uh, for a scripture reading i'd like for us to turn to deuteronomy 6 one through nine, and this is a very familiar scripture, where it talks about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, and uh, or fear the Lord and keep all His statutes. And uh, we we become familiar with certain scriptures, but I think it's important for us to to digest the word. And it's an ongoing thing I think that's another that's another thing I'd like to just bring across is that the sanctification process our life is, is an ongoing thing as long as we live we can learn and once we decide we're too old to learn then then I think're we're, you know, we're in a problem state <laughs> because there are things that we can learn and, and, and to be and even in today's Sunday school lesson I thought of What Jesus shared about this whole thing of us asking what we will, and it shall be done unto you. I think the thing that we need to remember is that we need to have our life in line with Christ. The attitude that it's not so much just let me have what I want, but it's what your will is, God. Because you notice that it says, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And we know that Jesus was saying these things just before he was crucified. And so I'm sure these things were heavy on his heart. But for us, um, I'm selfish. Uh, and so I want what I want for me. What I see. I like to be comfortable. Um, I like to have the temperature just a certain setting. If it gets too warm, we cool it off. If it gets too too uh, cold we, we turn up the heat it's like we have a that, that's how we are as humans aren't we we're, we're, we're spoiled I think uh, as, as wealthy Americans and we, we don't think of ourselves as wealthy but if you think about the world as a whole we are we are spoiled people in some ways we are blessed and I hope that's, that's what we look at Let's look at Deuteronomy uh, 6, 1 through 9. Now this is a commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes, his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, And that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, one God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words I com- which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall, bring them as a, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." as I think of this scripture, I think of the importance that it is bringing out, in other words, kind of in every area of our life, right? So maybe we should have more bumper stickers, I don't know. Uh, but, But the main thing is that it is written on my heart. I can be ever so wise, or not wise, should I say smart, Wisdom is different than smartness, I guess. But I can be ever so smart in knowing the scriptures and knowing the Bible. But if I don't apply it to my heart and let it minister to me, it's, it's not doing a lot of good. And so, as I think of us having Bible school this week, it is a tremendous opportunity for ministry. I look back in my own life and I think of the impact that i that that Bible school had on me uh It's a time where where church is basically concentrated to young children, and uh, people give their time and and God bless you for doing that. So how do I pass? I think Lannis alluded to this. How do I pass that baton of faith to my children so that they don't have a fear of facing tomorrow? There are fears. We all face fears. We become anxious because of things that happen. Um, but what is what is our ultimate goal as Christians? Christian parents, or even as Christian leaders, what is our ultimate goal for the younger generation? Maybe we should look first of all what it's not. We sometimes get carried away with, we wanna make sure that our children fit in and are involved in the right sports, um, are learning, music lessons, uh, learning to play the piano. And, and, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> these things aren't wrong. But I think they need to be in the proper, the proper sense. What is the most important thing? And we look at eating healthy food and excelling in school and to make sure they are happy Those are good desires for our children. But they aren't the end goal of our parenting. Or our leadership. The end goal is for us. And to think of this as the greatest calling that we have here on earth. Is that we teach our children to know, to love, and to follow God for a lifetime. The rest will follow, and that's the same with our lives. Uh-huh. So, how does this? How does this start? Even as we look at this Old Testament scripture, it says. in verse 5 you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind and all your strength and it's pretty much everything that's where it starts for parents to be able to convey God to their children, or for us as adults to convey that to youngsters we have to have a living and A live relationship with Jesus. That's a must. If anybody detects. Drudgery. Or. Unexcitement. Is that a word? English teachers. But in other words. Do I have a. An excitement about even coming to church or is this just well it's something I do and I'm talking to myself It's like because there are periods in life when when getting a family ready for church is it can be kind of a, a challenge right? I mean let's have it at at noon where we don't have to get up so early and I'm not saying we have to have it at 9.30, but, I, but what I'm saying is that it, how excited are we about doing the work of God, dwelling in the house of the Lord, even in, in, in uh, worshiping? So how do I get closer to God? It, it has to be, has to be my, my focus has to be, first of all, Let's look at the order of the instructions in in verse five. Love the Lord. I mean that's that's a that's a requirement. And then and he goes on and says, and then talk about it. Do I talk about what Jesus did for me to my children? Or am I too busy? According to the National Study of Youth and Religion, uh, their research found that by far the most important factor for determining whether children will retain their faith as adults is if a parent models genuine faith in Jesus. And we know that our children have to make their own decisions. We, we We can't choose that for them. But I think it's important for us to give them that best Chance. And that has to do with me having that relationship, having that condition. Parents are huge, absolutely huge, nearly a necessary condition, without question. The most important pastor a child will ever have in their life is a parent. That's from Christian Smith. Notre Dame, a professor. So I think it's important for us, how do we find ways of growing closer to Christ ourselves? One morning I woke up this week, and a verse came to me, and it just said this, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. And this is something that I have to do probably on a daily basis. Commit your way to the Lord. If I don't do that, I I struggle because I'm looking, I'm learning, I'm trying to lean on my own understanding and trying to figure things out that don't make any sense. Because I think the things that I'm doing are right. Why am I having these problems? But it comes down to... That again is that I need to commit my way to the Lord on a on a regular basis. Some other things that we need to do is this trust in Him at all times. Psalm 62:8. O people, pour out your hearts before Him. God is our refuge, knowing that God is our refuge, and and pouring our, house, our hearts out to Him. So there are, there are things that we can do. I mean, we could make a list of you know attending church. Reading God's word and pray regularly. Be involved in, in your small group or Bible study. And then, and find a place to serve interest, And let your children see you doing these things and talk to them about what you're, you're learning. Uh, someone has said it this way, the best way to learn is to teach our, our children. And I think that's, that's probably, that's very true. Um, I think that was Corey Ten Boom that said that. A couple other quotes: If we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. And so, I think sometimes we just, for myself, I, I think sometimes we just assume that well they know, you know, they know what. But it's a concentrated effort, and I think that that's important for us to do is is to to, to take it seriously, and yet. Make it so it's something you enjoy. Make it so it's something that they realize, hey, you're having fun in this. You're, you're, you're comfortable with. Even as I think of, of, uh, of sharing together as a family, it becomes a comfortable thing to do that. Another quote, children are great imitators, so they give them something great to imitate. Here's another one, teaching kids to count is fine, but teaching them what counts is best. Be excited about church attendance and in prayer meetings. And like I said, sometimes it can be a drudgery. The question for me is do I have an interest in the things of God and his people, or am I just going through the motions? And then the next one is demonstrate a humble heart when you mess up. And extend grace to your children when they do too. So the next one is read your Bible with your children regularly. And it doesn't have to be Psalm 119 every night. Or whatever. It it doesn't have to be a long thing. But it's something that to teach them the truth of the word. Spending a few minutes a day reading the word and, and then encouraging them to do it on their own. Even if they don't understand it and believe me there's sometimes, I mean we don't always understand what we read but it's important to just to read it. It's, it's like the bread of life for the Christian. I think it's important for us to, to grasp that. And just, just even looking back in my own and a memory that I have of of uh, being a youngster. Yeah, I was young at one time too. So, um, but to, to sp- I remember mom and dad. We would often sit down as a family, and uh, and there was this book. Were you listening, Maynard? And that was that was what the book always said. And you know there was a story that went with it. And and then there was were you listening? And then there were questions. And I probably couldn't answer those questions very often, but it's like th- that, that made an impression on me. It's like, were you listening? And, uh, and it's important. Just spend that time. Become familiar with just your, your own little worship and maybe sing together or whatever. And then the next one, of course, is, is to pray. A daily um, a routine. And pray that God would be at work in your children's lives and minds helping them to know and follow him and then invite the Holy Spirit into your efforts maybe use scripture to pray Um, some examples are Numbers six where it says the Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you and the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace one of the greatest things we have in life is peace if we as parents always live in fear guess what it gets transformed it gets transported to our children doesn't it i mean we can we need to, we need to act tough when when there's a storm no not that but 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 the the less riled up we get about situations i think it keeps the situation calmer psalm 25:4 is another one show me your ways o lord teach me your paths And then verse five, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And then Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So pray with your children often. Praying to God together as a family demonstrates our dependence on him. And then it also shows our children how to how to feel comfortable in connecting with God and that God is, is not something that's scary, but he's a comfortable. He's like our Father, our Abba Father. And, and through that, I think, hopefully, it can be something that's common. I mean, you all know this already. Um, it's a com- common and comfortable thing to do as, a, as they grow up. And there are, there are all kinds of places where you can do that. Um, bedtime. Bedtime. I think probably a lot of you can relate that bedtime is often the time when things get scary, don't they? Cuz it's dark and it's like and there are a lot of fears and that's usually when people have fears is like and those are the worst times to have fears because it's hard to deal with with fear when you're tired and and starting to get grumpy or whatever, but it's like those are the times when you when you pray and ask God for that peace. And then the last one is make church and Christian community a priority as a family. I don't think we can underestimate the power that that has to be involved in a church community, a church family. A lot of people do not have that. And I I think it's one of the richest blessings that we can have And Jesus, I think, established this for the church for reasons. And then, of course, um, let's not forget the words of Paul in Galatians 6, 9 to 10, where he says, "Let's let's not become weary in doing good, for in a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's never give up on toiling the soil of our children's lives, our hearts. And asking God to be at work in their lives. And this past week in my daily reading, I came across the the scripture in, um, in John chapter 20 where Jesus, after the resurrection, beginning in verse 19, it says, The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, Where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. And I believe those are words for us as well. As the father has sent Jesus, so he sends us to do his work. And then verse 22, it says this, And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I would have liked to have been there uh, to have Jesus breathe on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I think that's my desire, that God would breathe the Holy Spirit on my life that is the way I'm going to be able to cope with life, with whatever I need to go through to function, that the Holy Spirit directs me, that directs my life. And then, and especially in passing the gospel story on to the next generation. In, uh, and, and it's so important. I think even this morning in, in uh, my, my reading at home, uh, in Acts chapter 3 verse 12 uh, Peter saw it uh, let's see there was a lame man and so uh, Peter and John healed him and then this is the response that Peter said when Peter saw it he said unto the people ye men of Israel why marvel ye at this Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? And I think that's the key. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is the only way he could do it. It wasn't because of his own holiness, but it was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-5 says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, Or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's the key. In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's where our faith needs to be. Sometimes we'd like for certain people to be into politics and we put our faith in them. But you know what? The faith that we need to have needs to be in the spirit and in the power of God. Deuteronomy 11 says this, 1119, you shall teach them to your children, talking to them while you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and and when you rise. I would just like to close with this song. I'm not sure. I don't think we have it in our... It's Breathe On Me, Breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until with thee I will, one will, to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of thine eternity. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. God, I thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing love. I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. And even this week as we think of of Vacation Bible School coming. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be present. I pray a blessing on each teacher, each one of the students, each one who comes. And as the seeds are sown, God, that they would take on life for eternity. May you be honored and may we, as your people, allow your Holy Spirit to direct our lives, that we would spread the gospel Especially, first of all, to our, our younger generation, to our, to our children. I pray a blessing on, on the parents here today with young children. And we think especially even of, of summer months when there's um, trying to figure out all the different activities. And, and I pray that you would just bless them with a, a time of, of joy and peace. And uh, bless each family. Direct our our lives as we go from here, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.